All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuckadelics? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. How's it going? How was the game for you yesterday? I have to be honest, and I've said this before, without condescension, uh, it means nothing to me. I, I should say it meant nothing to me, but I am recording this Sunday, uh, hours before the big game, that many of you spent your day uh, enjoying, yelling about, eating things, judging commercials, you know, uh, armchair quarterbacking, whatever, you know, doing opioids and missing half of it. I, I don't know. I don't know what your what your uh, Super Bowl day looked like, but I uh, I I I spent the day cooking, and uh, I if everything went as planned yesterday, because it hasn't happened yet, I uh, had a little birthday party for Sarah the painter here at the house. And I cooked a lot of Indian food during the day. I like to cook, man. I for I mean I I know you know that I do if you listen to this if you're still with me. But uh, I like to when you you have to cook for people and you want to try something new and you the whole the whole process of reading recipes, putting them together in your head, figuring out how they are supposed to work, what it's going to look like, what it's going to taste like. It's very exciting because you can spend hours doing that. And if you make a very complicated recipe and you spend hours doing it and you're very excited about it and then it doesn't taste quite good, the uh, intensity of the disappointment is profound to the point where sometimes you just throw the entire pot of whatever you made right in the garbage or disposal, you know, like you're getting back at it. I've had that happen. Did I mention Anderson Pack is on the show today? Anderson Pack is a hip hop artist. As you know, hip hop is not necessarily my thing, but I have nothing against it. I, if you look in my music back before Apple Music, where you actually had to upload all your shit, I've got a lot of hip hop in there, but it's it's pretty mainstream stuff. A lot of Kanye, a lot of Jay Z. I've got some Pharrell in there, but I got I go back. I got some Cypress Hills, some Ghetto Boys. I got the Wu Tang. You know, I got a. Uh, you know, I, I've got. I definitely you know have stuff. You know, I had uh, Open Mike Eagle here to sort of school me on the uh, newer kind of alternative hip hop. I, I'm not adverse to it. I enjoy it. I listen to it. I've got all the Kendrick records. Yeah, I mean, I listen, but it's not fundamentally my go to stuff. I've got some Gil Scott Heron, not theoretically, not class, not hip hop, but inspirational, right? Kind of moved in that direction, kind of, you know, I, you know what I'm saying. But like, as you know, when I talk to the Beastie Boys, I don't know my history. I don't know any of you know, where it came from or, or how, but I enjoy it. So Anderson Pack, I, uh, I actually did a thing with him. I had to apologize to him for that. He was at an event that I hosted for uh, Flea over at the Silver Lake Conservatory. He was the headlining act, and I didn't know who he was. And I believe I brought him up as Andrew Pack. So I'm going to set that straight. Uh, with Mr. Pack. But uh, the fortunate thing about having Anderson on or having the opportunity to have him on, I mean, he, he is nominated for Best Rap Performance at the Grammy Awards, which is this Sunday, February 10th, for his single, Bubblin'. Uh, and the, the new album, Oxnard, is out now. But he's only got like four or five records out. So I was really able to get up to speed and enjoy it and uh, get it. And he's great. He's a great artist. And he's a guy who uh, you know started out as a player, 
I mean, like a player, like a musician, like a drummer. I was excited to talk to him, and I, I never know how it's going to go. Um, I, I didn't really know him, but we had a great conversation. So Anderson Pack is uh, my guest, and it was it was fun. It was I need these conversations, man. If I, you know, I've been shooting glow, and if I go without talking to people, like I did a couple interviews yesterday, and uh, I just I need them. I, I I can get way up into my head. I can really spin some shit. I can really spin, you know, existentially spin myself corkscrew right into the dead center of the dark earth. And, uh, no, you know, it's just the nature of, of who I am, you know, and I, I don't want to bring anyone down with me. And, you know, sometimes I'll do that in my personal life. So like when I just talk to new people and, and engage in these things, I'm thrilled to be out of myself and into somebody else's, uh, life and, and stories. So it's been good lately. I, I actually had a weird thing happen. There's weird decisions we make. I've learned something. Like I'm sort of hung up on a couple of things. Like I was like I was interviewing someone in here the other day. Oh, before I get into that, I first of all, my dates uh, coming up at Dynasty Typewriter are almost sold out. Uh, I have you know dates coming up on the February 10th. These are Sundays, the 17th, the 24th, and the uh, and March 17th at the Dynasty Typewriter here in L.A. But they're close to selling out. You can go see if you can get tickets. But I think all those shows are about sold out. I don't know about the shows in Aspen, March 23rd at the Wheeler Opera House. Uh, I don't know where that's at. Or Boulder, the Boulder Theater on March 24th. Um, I don't know if, I, I don't know where those are at. But all my UK dates are selling very well if you're in the UK or Ireland. Um, those are coming up and they're, out, they're on sale now. The Lowry in uh, Salford, England, Royal Festival Hall in London. Uh, the Lowry's April 4th, Royal Festival Hall, April 6th, the Rep Theater in Birmingham, England, April 8th, and the Vicar Street, Vicar Street in Dublin on April 11th. They're selling well, but I think there's still tickets, so so go grab those. So that's done. Uh, what else? Oh, I, I'm not trying to hide anything from you people when you read about me being attached to something, a movie or or, or something. You, you, you just You never know until these things are real when they're real. Like, I know I was in the Joker movie. I know that I did that. I know that I walked down a hallway a few times with Robert De Niro talking to him into a room, uh, you know, where Joaquin Phoenix was. And I know that happened. I know I was on that set. I don't know, you know, how much of that will make the movie. You never know these things, but I know it'll happen. There was an announcement about a movie that I don't even necessarily need to draw attention to because I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen or it's not. So I'm not holding back. I'll let you know when I know it's for real. One thing I do know, and I don't want to give you too much information, is uh, I did. I had someone on my show, on this show, coming up, and I did his show, and that was a very big deal. It's a very big deal, and it's exciting. Uh, there might be some hints of it out there, but I'm not able to promote it yet. But it's very, you know, it's sort of a, it's sort of a big fucking deal, and that's all I'm going to tell you. I, I don't want to give it away. And uh, that's coming up. And that reminds me of what I was going to tell you. So I had a guest in here. And it's weird how, uh, you know, sometimes you're just trying to do the right thing and it, and it could turn into a disaster. I had a guest in here and uh, I, I finish up with her uh, in here. And like right as I turn the mics off, I hear my fucking fire alarm going on in the house. 
So I'm like, wait here. Let me go check this out. I run into the house. I run all over the, I, I smell for smoke, no smoke. I run all over the downstairs. I go upstairs, look for smoke, smell, no smoke. I run down into the crawl space in the basement where there's a smoke alarm, smell, no smoke. No, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I turn it off with my finger. The fire trucks are not, I don't think they've been dispatched. I have no idea how long it's been and I can't figure it out. I say goodbye to my guest. I go back into the house and then I go into the bathroom downstairs and I realize I had used it and out of respect for the possibility that my guests might need to use it, I lit a candle and that's what uh, could have had the entire fire department at my house. The fact that I went to the bathroom and I wanted to be nice, uh, it could have cost the city, you know, thousands of dollars to dispatch. It cost me a taxpayer and caught, you know, and I just have to, it didn't happen. They didn't show up at my door all ready to go. And I didn't have to say, uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just, I, well, I, I took it. Yeah. I took a, a shit and, uh, I just I lit a the smelly candle to, cause yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. But I feel better. And I think I did the right thing, but you, you guys, I, I hope you, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So you can just get back on the truck, but didn't happen. The other thing I was thinking about, if I could, is uh, denial. This is what I'm sort of hung up on this because it seems to be a, a, a problem in the culture we live in. You, you, you know, I'm trying to assess these larger problems you know, through my own lens to understand myself that people will buy what they believe, even if it's bullshit, you know, despite facts. We all have the mechanism for that. And I got a little obsessed with this the other day because I bought some fish. About a nice piece of steelhead, wild steelhead. I ate half of it. And then a couple of days later, I was looking forward all day to cooking the other half of my slab of steelhead fish. And I get home and I don't have anything else to eat. That's going to be my dinner. And I open it up and uh, it's a little discolored in some places. This is fish. It's a, you know, steelhead is almost a salmon-y looking fish. And it was kind of gray in one area. You know, but I was like, is that fat? I mean, that's probably fat. I don't remember noticing it. And then there was a little spot that seemed to be growing, like it was something on the fish. And I'm like, that's probably, I don't know. It's probably all right. So, and I smelled it and it didn't smell to me in that moment to be terrible. So I'm going to follow through and cook this fucking fish because I want to believe it's okay. And I'm cooking it and I, like, I slice off the little, the little patch of, weird thing on it you know the the spot that is something it's fish it's not cheese but i'm like you know it didn't smell bad and there's a gray patch on it i mean what the fuck is wrong with me i wanted so badly to eat that fish and for it to be good that i cooked it all the way through i put it on a plate i took one bite and i spit it out and threw it away and i said what the fuck is wrong with me why would i let myself you know do that i knew in my heart that it was bad right when I opened the goddamn wrapper that it was wrapped in, but I wanted to believe. But fortunately, today I do not have food poisoning because of my belief. Or worse, some sort of botulism could have fucked my whole brain up. I could have, like, I could have botulized my brain into complete stupidity. And and you know, n- next week I might believe PizzaGate. The other thing I was thinking about in talking about false equivalence. I'm a little obsessed with the idea of that too, uh, on a personal level, you know, false equivalence is a tactic that, you know, primarily shitty people use or powers that be 
you know, to uh, to justify you know, shitty behavior. It's like if a factory is polluting a river and the townspeople are trying to shut it down and the factory owner is like, wait a minute, there are bums that, that, that live near the river and they pee in the water all the time. Why isn't the town doing anything about that, right? False equivalence. Or Trump saying that the people who were beating up Nazis were just as bad as the Nazis, right? Or another example, Al Gore wants to stop climate change, but he flies on a plane, uh, is another classic of false equivalence. It, it is a way somehow to get regular people, again, to feel like they're making a point and that they're smart in condemning uh, progress or, or doing things that might save us <laughs> as opposed to siding with monsters, both corporate and, and human, for the ongoing destruction of all things that we've grown used to. But again, I'm, I'm looking at myself and where does the where does the appetite for that come from? And I and I think we all use some version of it, you know, in the form of rationalizing our place in life. That you know, if you're dissatisfied about anything, right? Which we all are, on some level. But you know, it can get big. It, sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's big. I think people do it every day. It's like ah, I could have, you know, I I could have been a rock star if I just, you know, you know, bought an amp. You know, I could have been a rock star if I just spent a little time with, uh, you know, with an instrument of some kind. I could have been a rock star if I knew how to sing. You know, they're somehow self-jilted or slightly entitled or bitter or, or cynical or, or lazy or, you know, dumb justifications for our own failures. We all do it. Like, I could have, like... I could have, I could have been a painter if I'd just taken those classes in college... But now I'm not, I don't do anything. I, I don't do anything. I just like, I sit around and see other people and I judge myself against them because I could do almost anything that anybody else can do, you know, even billionaires, if I just applied myself somehow. You probably couldn't have done it. There's no reason to make those comparisons if you're not going to do it or you didn't do it, you know, other than to justify your own anger, misery, cynicism, or bitterness. But those, I think, that kind of mindset, if you live in that stuff, false equivalencies are very satisfying, even if you're on the wrong fucking team or you're fighting for the wrong shit. It's like, yeah, fuck that. What about the bums who pee? Huh? Dummies. Still a lot of emails coming in about the Steely Dan business. Yeah, I again, you know, I, I, I've listened to, I had uh, Hey 19 stuck in my head for a couple of days, but I'm not in a rabbit hole. I'm just integrating integrating it into the things I no longer judge and now understand and may even enjoy a little bit. But this is an interesting one because maybe I don't know what I'm putting out in the world. I got an email that uh, subject line, what the fuck, Mark, dot, dot, dot. If only I'd known you didn't like Steely Dan the last two years. And then the email, this changes everything. Really? Not really. From a 65-year-old regular listener who is over all the hand-wringing about aging. You're kind of boring us with it at this point. Catherine. Am I hand-wringing? I feel like I'm, I'm accepting aging rather well. And how is this connected to the Steely Dan thing? I'm not wringing my hands. I'm experiencing it. And I'm not freaking out about it. I don't know what you're projecting, but you are 10 years older than me, so... Maybe you're seeing something I'm not seeing. I hope when I'm your age that I can be where you're at. And if uh, if it's too much, Catherine, you know, I do like Steely Dan now. And I'm okay with my age. 
seriously. All right, Anderson Pack. It was great. I, I again, like I never know how these things are going to go, and and um, I was excited because I enjoyed the music, but I didn't know how he would be. I didn't, you know, you know I never know how anyone's going to be, and and uh, it was a. Uh, I thought it was a great conversation. Uh, as I mentioned before, he's nominated for the best rap performance at the Grammy Awards this Sunday, February tenth, for his single "Bubbling," and his new record "Oxnard" is available wherever you get music. It's a good record. Malibu's a good record. Venice is a good record. And he's a good guy. So this is me talking to Anderson Pack. You know, honestly, I got—I think I owe you an apology. Why? Do you remember we did? Uh, we were on a show together at uh, at the uh, Silver Lake Conservatory. Oh. I was I was hosting that show. Chili Peppers. Yeah, a couple yes. of years ago. Uh huh. And uh, I brought you up. Okay. As uh, Andrew Pack, <laughs> story I, of my life. I had no, but like I'm a comic, you know, and I know that's like the worst when someone you're oh. just waiting there to go on, and some guy just mangles your fucking name, and you're like, oh, you gotta man. work your way up. From just there. disrespect right out of the gate. I am a Grammy nominated <laughs> SoundCloud. Andrew Pack, and ladies and gentlemen. Andrew Pack. Andrew Pack. It's better than. Man, yeah, no, I guess I, I, I don't know if you've gotten it. Was it? I missed it, man. I was I was going through a lot that day. You were? Yeah, I had I my my uh, my newest son. He was born that day. That day? Yeah. So and I guess <laughs> you didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't give a shit. You didn't even notice was, me. Yeah, I was just you know happy to be out out of the hospital for a second. And oh, uh, how many do you have? I have two. Okay. Yeah, he he's uh, he's one, and then my oldest is eight. Oh, and that happened that day, and yeah. you still showed up for the benefit. I had to do it, man. Did you mention that? I don't know if you. I don't um, think you did. I think you just got in it. I think you got on the drums pretty quick. Yeah, I got on the drums real quick. And uh, how'd you get involved with that organization? I met Flea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, I'm a huge fan of the Chili Peppers, and uh, I think I reached out to Flea one time on Twitter or something, and he was yeah. a big fan. And oh, we really? Just started chopping it up from there. Yeah, and then we met over in in South America, and we partied with them and. You met in South America, yeah, well, just hanging we, out. We were on a tour in, in at Lollapalooza oh. in South America. They have a Lollapalooza in y- South America. Yes, Can you believe that? I, I, every time I hear about shows in South America, there's always like nine hundred thousand people oh there. Oh my god! Like you do a show, and there's a million people. You talk about real fans. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. was it like that? Where mm-hmm. were you in Buenos Aires? I was Aires? in uh, Brazil, Argentina. Yeah. Uh, Chile and they come out they come out man they were waiting at the at the uh, hotel with the, you know the Point whole ar- thing yeah playing arenas uh, no it was like these this big outdoor situation uh-huh. uh, but yeah I've been playing arenas lately though that's crazy I'm man. in that weird weird uh, middle ground where that's a middle ground well, well no 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 <laughs> <laughs> what's next what i mean entire states <laughs> well no yeah seriously <laughs> but you know it's like you, you can't they can't put they can't hold all the fans in like a you know four thousand three thousand seater yeah yeah but yeah you can't necessarily go to the ten thousand twelve thousand so you, you kind of have to you're in this kind of oh so what's an arena well i guess it, it's I, man, thought I, arena, thought, I thought arenas were like you 18 know, 20 thousand me too but i think they kind of you know arenas whatever the you're in the smaller arenas. You're yeah. not the, yeah, okay. So yeah. you're not uh, you're working up to large arenas. Yeah, like 10k. You know, we're working it up, man. <laughs> it's like I, I I do small theaters, like eight nine hundred seats. You're like I'm in small arenas. I'm I'm more into miniature arenas. Yeah. Um. Are you? 
<laughs> We're doing a miniature arena. I noticed. I, I noticed on the new record that you did. You sampled Rodney Dangerfield. I'm yeah. Like, are you? <laughs> I love that kind of comedy. Man. Out of nowhere, I'm just listening to it. And I'm like, holy fuck, that's Rodney. That's right, man. One We're, of the best. Like, how do you come up with a a, a Rodney sample? I just added. Like, Dude. what? You're just sitting around. I mean, I I like came up on that. Like, I grew up watching. Uh, you know. Like MTV, and I remember he would be on MTV sometimes. I remember he had that movie Ladybugs, yeah, oh, where he did t- made his son dress in drag to win the the uh, oh my god the, the soccer tournament. I don't even remember that. I remember back to school. <laughs> his son was a sick soccer player, but uh, it, yeah, I, I can't remember the premise. But uh, somehow he made he put his wig on his son, yeah, yeah, summon so that can they can win the, the and that that stuck in your head. Yeah, and then I, I just remember like you know just we just love watching all the old clips of him and like comedians like a. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, sure. no, it's just no setup. It's just like, boom, you know? Yeah, this is jokes. It. Bing, lo- bing, bing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think they were, I think Andrew Dice Clay was on the Rodney Dagerfield, like, uh, Young Comedians show. Oh, he, he put, he put yeah. him on. Yeah. But, like, you know, you're just sitting around the studio and you decide, like, no, it's, this. Yeah. we need a Rodney joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, wh- Who, I'm always looking for little pieces like that to put yeah. in between the songs. But the thing that came in with this album was sample clearances, which I had no clue what was until yeah. I got on a major label and now I just can't throw little clips of surf <laughs> clips or little random excerpts because they want publishing or they want 30,000. Yeah. Uh, Shouts out to Rodney Dangerfield's wife. She she liked the she went, song, yeah. so she cleared it, you know? <laughs> but that was the only one that fucking ended up making the album because everything else, you know, was so Cost expensive, so yeah. Oh, really? So you actually, you had to send her the song? Yeah, to- yeah. So I got all these people, you know, when you're doing your album, you know, once it's done... Which song was it? It was uh, it was trippy. Oh, okay, featuring okay. J Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I put that on there. Um, I oh, love what he's saying because you know I can relate to that. You know, I'm, he's, he's, oh, he, he's what was talking it? about? He's no ladies man. Like right. you know, yeah. one time a girl told me, "Come over." There's nobody home. I went over. There was nobody, nobody home. home. <laughs> <laughs> that was fire. And then and then a soul song comes in. You yeah, know. Yeah. And, you know, I just I think it's, it's so awesome, and I want the the J Cole's on that song, yeah. and I remember where we were making the song. He was talking about how he when he uh, he went to um, in high school, he was the big man on campus. Uh-huh. He had all the ladies, and then when he went to college, this big college, he was a nobody. You know, sure. he didn't play ball or nothing, and yeah. all the other guys were getting all the girls, and you know, and that, he knew the feeling. Yeah, we could relate. So it set the it set the tone. <laughs> yeah, I just love that Rodney's uh, wife had to sit there and listen to it. Yeah, she's like, I'm feeling this. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, man. $30,000, we'll give it to you. 30000 Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> That's the most that record's ever made. <laughs> and you know, it was he was on the- Carson? Yeah, it was a Carson. Yeah. You didn't have to clear it with NBC? Dude, I, I, I hope they cleared. I hope they- they, they yeah, did their due diligence. Well, I'm pretty sure no one's coming after me. So, so that's a real problem, though. In terms of like, you really it, it can be a problem. You but used it, to not worry about it and just uh, take the hit. I mean, didn't people well, come after you? Well, you we weren't making any money enough for people to really care. It wasn't really on the radar enough. So, which records like before Venice? Uh-huh, Malibu, Venice. Oh, even yeah, those? Even yeah, those were those had all kinds of little excerpts and yeah. samples and stuff. And some some people came back. But w- what happens if if you don't make the attempt to clear it? That's when people get pissed. So you yeah. don't clear it and you put it out and you put out for sale then that's when you have people coming out the woodworks like uh i want all my bread and yeah you you made a lot of money from it and all this yeah. stuff so they, they you know not everybody has stamina to go to court and all this stuff and sometimes you can work it out but it's just so much easier to do that stuff before but then it takes time and these are all the new yeah. things that i never really thought about well, I thought like, the, didn't you have some hits on malibu you did oh right? yeah oh yeah yeah but you didn't have I any mean, samples in there 
I mean, uh, we we definitely definitely had some samples, um, but we were the clearing process was just you know Easy. we we did a lot of the clearing after the fact. <laughs> hey man, what's up? <laughs> I gotta ask you something. I mean, don't get mad. <laughs> No. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, man. So my lawyers. I've always been a fan it. of your shit, and uh, I use some of it. Is it cool, man? I mean, <laughs> three tours later, I just got back from South America. Everything's <laughs> lovely on this end, but I just want to know, it's like. But I guess that, like, it, I mean, you don't you don't lean too heavy on it. I mean, you do like you got a real band. Yeah, that's what we're about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a different like because like, bringing I, the bands back to right. hip hop. Is that is that happening? Is that a movement? Is I that... mean, we're, we're, I'm pushing I'm pushing for it, man. You know, there's no one playing an instrument really in, that's coming out of hip hop per se. Yeah, and um, you know, rock and roll. God bless you know its soul. You know, and it it, it did so much uh, for years. But you know, now the biggest the biggest genre, everything is is revolving around hip hop now. Right. You know, but you're saying that this is relatively new to just use a full on band. Well, I think hip hop. In the in the core of its foundation was built off of uh, not having instruments, yeah. not being able to afford instruments. So working with what you have. So we want to make a song, but we don't necessarily have uh, keyboards or anything. So we're gonna make loops from right. vinyls, and we're gonna put two two turntables together and literally make Drum our machine. own loops. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the park and have a party, and yeah. then we're gonna start busting over that. So. I think the foundation of it was always live music because they were rapping over these break beats, funk and soul, and even like new wave and all yeah, kinds of different sure, stuff, whatever was out, you yeah. know? And so all those were real instruments, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, right. <laughs> so, but I think now it's like, uh, you know, people now when they see instruments, it's almost like yuck. You know? Really? Like, they want to see light shows and they want to see like, uh, uh, they just don't care. They just they content, want, yeah, and they yeah. want to make sure you look cool and and you know what, what's he dressing like and is he sexy or is she what's that? Right. I don't think all music is like that, but I'm saying like that's a big part of what we're competing against. You know, big music. Well, general. I mean, there's not that no one's really that interested in the guy stepping up doing a guitar solo anymore. It's like, they don't care. It's just like, like they you just, know, yeah. How many years did we do that though? You know, like it's but blues. It's, it's you know, like you said, you're a blues guy, you're a rock and roll guy. Oh, yeah. Those dudes ran the industry forever. Yeah, was, no, I was, I, I, I get it. it. Yeah, but yeah. You know, I, there's a limit to guitar solos. I'll, I'll admit <laughs> there 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 comes a point where you're like, all right, let's move on a bit. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but there's a limit to a dude just you know screaming on a mic in front of a DJ too. Yeah. I, so uh, you know that's that's where I'm at with. I'm like, I come from. I, I started playing drums first. That was, you, that's wait, my foundation. So. But you grew up. You grew up in Oxnard. Mm -hmm. So they took you. It took you. Through, you know, two cities to get to your home city. <laughs> yeah, I had to make some money first. <laughs> and you decided I that, couldn't come back broke. <laughs> you, you just. No, but I mean the titles. You, you thought, oh like, yeah, yeah, that's you, what I you mean. thought. Well, Venice and Malibu, people are going to want. They're interested in that, and then you're going to throw Oxnard in when you're a little more comfortable. Let's see. I got more eyes on me, so yeah. you know, I got <laughs> so, I got to put the city on. It is like Venice, Malibu, Oxnard. <laughs> yeah, but but like, so you grew up that. How far? I don't even like. I don't have a. Is that by uh, yeah. Irvine? Where is it? No, absolutely not. I, I go to one on one north, and you just keep going until you, you start saying, "Where the fuck am I?" Are you still until it starts to smell funny. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, so you just yeah, you hit the one on one. Until it starts to smell. Yeah, funny. yeah. You're like, what the hell is that smell? And that's where I'm that's from. Oxnard? Yeah, that's Oxnard. Why does it smell like that? It's produce. It's ran by produce. So oh, you got cilantro, strawberries, onions. Oh, that's it. Anything can grow there. Well, that's good smell. That's not terrible. No, right? it's great. It's you know, but if you're used to, but if they're manuring it, then it's bad, right? So you get some cow shit smell too, or no? Yeah, absolutely. You better. 
<laughs> how'd you end up in Oxnard? What, how'd your folks oh, end up man. there? Oh, man. Well, our story starts in Korea. Oh, is that? Oh, we're gonna go. We're gonna follow your we're tats. Gonna follow, we're gonna follow your arm. <laughs> you got your whole life story tattooed Our on story? your arm. Oh, the, uh, so far it looks. It I got it up to a certain point. Looks like he's been there for a while. You're gonna have to add some. Yeah, right. Yeah, he, he made it look kind of vintage, right? Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. It's not vintage. You charged me fucking five thousand to How make old? it look old. How old is that? <laughs> I just got it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, no, I'm just it's cursing like that. out the, the tattoo artist, it's I guess. A, it looks like a, that that sort of old sailor style green there. <laughs> like he's been there for a while. Like I did spend a couple of trips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's so, weathered. So it starts in Korea. It starts on in Korea. The yin yang. That's a flag? That's a Korean flag. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my mom was born in Korea during the war. So she was an abandoned kid. Her and my, 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 uh, my uncle were... Um, they pursue maybe like an uh someone in the service and my grandmother oh so your grandmother swept with a american gi kind perhaps of deal maybe a sailor right and raised up my mom and my uncle for as long as they could and then abandoned them uh, from what i hear there was a, a mass like uh i don't know if it's not genocide but they were going around and kind of getting rid of all the mixed breed kids at this oh, time that the that the americans left behind yeah really in south korea yes huh well this time this is during the war so, so it was you know things, up for grabs yeah exactly got it um but yes yeah, so then there was a dude that went around and actually found my mom and my uncle and got them to a uh, orphanage in uh, korea in korea at which point um my adopted grandparents adopted my mom and my uncle and, and got them back over to uh, Los Angeles Compton at the time. Uh-huh. And so my my grandmother and my grandfather were also in the military, so they were you know, flying around and traveling uh-huh. and picked up some kids. Did you have a relationship with them? Uh, she, they both passed. Before like, you were? Yeah, before I was born. Oh. Um, but Compton, that's where your mom so grew up? The Compton, she grew up in Compton, Los Angeles, 50s. This is when Compton's pretty much just like farm territory, suburb. Right. Uh, wasn't even connected to what, the waterline. Unincorporated. Line. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't even. Right. I don't even consider Los Angeles. Right. Uh, right. So it was primarily African American. No, it no. was a suburb. It was whites. You know, um, like, really, no one was really out there. It, it was, was like just, farms. It was farms. Yeah. yeah, but but it was a suburb, and yeah. if you if you had if you were out there, you you were you know you were doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, and so uh, she stayed out there. Uh, and pretty much was raised in LA up until her teens, and then eventually moved to to Oxnard, Ventura County, on her own. Um, yes, with with her with her with her dad and her mom. Oh, so they all moved out uh-huh. of Compton they up to Oxnard. Were my, they in the farm business? My my uh, my grandfather was a pastor. He, he started pastoring after he got out of the service and started a church in Oxnard. So they all moved out there. That's where he found his flock. Yes, Lord. <laughs> He found his flock. <laughs> he found his congregation, if you will. You can yeah. tell you've never been to church. It's congregation. Oh, I, who calls it a flock? I didn't make that up. You knew what I was talking about. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, his congregation. Yeah. That's right. He found a place where he could peddle his God wares. <laughs> peddle. <laughs> yeah, so they're in Oxnard. Work the Jesus hustle. He work the Jesus uh, <laughs> in you and me. Yeah. Spread the good word yeah. of the gospel. Uh-huh. Uh, he also wrote poetry. He had some poetry books. As yeah, well. so was he good? He was good. He had a way with words. Yeah. Do you have those books? Uh, I do. Yeah, I do. Was it good? It was good stuff. Was it religious? Um, yeah, it yeah. was. Uh-huh. But it was, you know, you know, smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Did you put any of that in the songs? Yeah, of any course. of that on Oxnard? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so they got to Oxnard, and she, you know, she was out there. She met my pops. Yeah. Now my pops was also in the navy. 
That's the other side the, of your arm? My pop used to work up on the fighter jet, so I don't know if you see that. He's, he's got the fighter jet right there. Oh, yeah, it's fighter jet. I yeah. got it. So you got Korea on one side of the arm my and this one. My pops was a twin from Philadelphia. And he Philly. From Philly, yep. So he grew up in Philly. and uh, then Was he, he flying them or fixing them? He was fixing them. Mm-hmm. Fixing jets and uh, during Vietnam, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I believe he was. Yeah, uh-huh. and, in uh huh. In Philly, uh, well, he was stationed out in uh, Korea as well for a little bit, and then eventually went back to Port Wainimi, which yeah, is yeah. the base where I'm, where I'm from. They met out there. Oh, so it's on the water. It must be. Yes, yeah, it's a beach town. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. So no, it's a it's beach cool. town. I mean, Nobody I should really know a little bit. Home. I don't know. I don't even know where the Inland Empire is really. I e. Yeah, I'm not Riverside. even sure. Okay, all right. It's not much going on. I don't there. go. I, I don't go west. I, I wouldn't go. leave this house if I was you. I would <laughs> I take mushrooms and <laughs> I would stay here. Well, the the mushrooms are behind me, but maybe, maybe I'll leave it open. I've, but I've done them before, just not here. But I think I saw this years ago. I saw this house when I was on mushrooms. Yeah, I, yeah. I come full circle. Isn't it crazy how God will show you a little glimpse of your life? <laughs> are mushrooms part of your process? <laughs> no, I put that behind me as well. You did? Nah. nah um, I well, mean, I'll do, I'll do, you know, yeah, it once depends. Some the people, natural stuff, yeah, you know. Some people will do it just to clean out the pipes. Yeah, it's it's, you know? it's called like a reset. Yeah, when yeah. you take it, it's like, oh, yeah, I needed that. But I, then I meet these crazy cats who are like, uh, you know, some of these dudes are doing these micro doses of acid. No, that's yeah. too much. Well, they, but they say they don't feel it, but they're doing it every day and they look a little jangly, you yeah. know? They're like, kind of wide open. They're fried. Like, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But they're like, I'm not depressed. I'm like, yeah, but you're not even here, bro. Exactly. You're... Like, do you know what today is, man? <laughs> so you, okay, so how many kids in your family? You're growing up in Oxnard. Your dad's like out of the military. So my on mom, the pension. Yep. My 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 mom, this is uh by the time she got to me and my little sister it was her second one. So she had, her first husband, she had uh, my, oh. t- my two older sisters. And then she said, Done with you, boom boom. I got he's the out. Na- uh, he's out. Got this dude from the Navy from Philly, boom boom, had me and my my little sister. Uh and then uh she got then she was done with him and I had a stepdad for a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, and then that didn't last too long. And then what happened to your real dad? Uh, my pops, he died. Uh, he passed away. Uh, I want to say two thousand and six. Did you have a relationship with him? I didn't have the. I had when I was seven years old. He went off to prison. He got really addicted to drugs and yeah. uh, went to prison for assault and battery on my mom. Ugh. And he went. He went away uh, after that for did about you, fourteen years. Do you remember that? Did you have to live I through did, that? Shit? I did remember it. Um, I don't remember anything other than um, uh, the, at, when it actually happened. Uh, I was getting uh, babysitted. We were, we were chilling, and um, yeah. we heard screaming and went outside, and he was on top of my mom. was blood everywhere in the streets. Yeah. And uh, he was just really? like, go back in the house. Oh, yeah. He ran back in the house, and that was the last time I saw him. The, go the, back in the house, but he's doing out in the front yard? Yeah, yeah. He wanted the neighborhood to see, but not you? I guess he thought he didn't know that his kids were there. So when we came outside, and we're just like, Dad, what's going on? Because before that... I thought everything was straight. What like I, my mom was really good at keeping the the dog business away from the kids. You know, what was, what he, was he on? What was he strung out on? Um, you know, I think uh, my, my mom. Uh, it was like it was. She was really bad alcoholic, and uh. I, I don't know exactly yeah. what drug. Maybe I'm pretty sure. Maybe might have been like. You know, maybe crack, maybe cocaine, oh, yeah. maybe yeah, some other yeah, shit. Yeah. But I think honestly, it was just the wrong influences. You know, yeah, Adam's uh, bad, yeah. bad, uh, bad crowd. Blues, the blues, man. You know, he he went straight up, bad crowd. You know, and then when you and then you're when you blame, got the blues, you're gonna blame it, it on the. Blues? It really was, man. He got kicked out of the the navy for for weed or something. 
mm-hmm. honorable or you know they they, they honorable just started so he had the out. blues yeah he had the blues yeah, yeah. and so after that, that philly was, style philly style man so he was it was downhill after that he, he if he couldn't work on the planes and stuff he wasn't right he wasn't so he went to it. prison and went to that, prison and then you didn't see him i didn't see him after that and then when he got out we, we kept in touch for a little bit but i think he knew he was about to pass so he, we, he was really adamant about trying to get in touch with me but um i was you know doing my thing yeah and and just getting into music but yeah. I, I was i was talking to him we talked a few times did that we, feel like closure i mean it did it did, it did. yeah on, on both of ours on both our parts so you sure. had that mm-hmm. yeah i was just like you know i love you man and I, i'm i was older now so i kind of see like how it is when you when you grow up and any, anything can happen like in life so it's like yeah once you know <laughs> if you're still alive you're like damn man it, you know sorry about that whole I, shit I, I, right <laughs> i was thinking about this today like how <clears throat> how many lives i've lived like you know you got one life but you, you know if you've lived in a couple different places you start to realize that you have more than one in a yeah. way yeah so is your mom still around yeah oh that's nice yeah so man. she gets to see your success she's and, got a crazy story too yeah yeah um, but your stepdad was all right yeah, my stepdad was cool. It, it's kind of a twisted situation with that too. But it, uh, my mom and my stepdad ended up going to prison as well. No, for what? Uh, so when I was in my senior year, they both went into prison for security. Um, uh, I don't fraud? I don't know if it's security. It might be security fraud. What is it? They got caught up with the pretty much. Long story short, they didn't. They weren't paying taxes. Oh, they yeah. owed a bunch of money. Right. Uh, blue collar shit. You yeah. know, in Ventura County, but they gave them crazy sentence like uh, fifteen. And this is the first first offender, but they had to serve seven and a half. Holy shit! Exactly. So one of those situations. They both served seven and a half years. My stepdad served one year less, and it's because he started running his mouth and trying to get deals and stuff. Throwing your mom under yeah, the bus. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So we lost connection after that during that whole time. I, I think that's earned. <laughs> he earned that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He did. <laughs> for sure. But you know. Fuck it, you know. Yeah. Um, I've but, never been to prison. Well, good. And so <laughs> you don't have to go. I don't know what the fuck's going on in his mind, but I don't think that was the best choice. I don't talk to him too much, but I love him, you know. Like I love him for 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 what he did for being around, you know, for that sure. time when my pops wasn't there, yeah. and then he, then she, my mom got with him, and then he was he was a male figure that was around. I, I yeah. thought he was an asshole, but he so, was around. But they both go away when you're like in high school. Yeah. So who's who? Who's my watching sis- you? My sisters. Oh, you got they're older. Right? Yeah, my two older sisters. Um, were married are are still married and they're they 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 quit what they're doing they they come back and and uh take me and my little sister and we all kind of live together for a little bit until I turn eighteen and then I go off and and do the thing yes and I yeah. start my flock I, I join my flock <laughs> you, you, you found my your flock your congregation yes when do you start with the music because you started you weren't doing old style hip hop when you were in high school right you were playing. Hip hop was everything since I was, was like six years old. It was it ran my world. It did. It was everything. Yeah, like Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, uh, Tupac, all these people. That was um, along with Nirvana and Offspring and Foo Fighters. This is I'm I'm, I'm 33, so yeah. I'm like an MTV kid. So, so this, you got it all. This was the the music of life. Like right, that was everybody. There's everyone. no no yeah. uh, no color lines. You didn't. Yeah, when you yeah. went to school, is like who knew the, every word of the song like that was that right. was what we did for whatever hobbies. song but yeah. it wasn't like you, you didn't have to pick sides no 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 we were all listening to the same thing isn't that weird that's what mtv did isn't it yeah yeah it really sort of cons- like it kind of brought everything together it was the channel yeah if you will you know this is the portal if it's coming through here it's late it's dope we're playing the stuff now you know they have you know there's all kinds of different channels but right but 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 at that time i never really thought about it like that that you know you you, you have like you know, R&B people, you have rock uh-huh. people, you have, but it seemed like when I was a kid, 
before MTV, you had your rock people, you had your disco people, yeah. had, but they were different worlds. Uh-huh. And it seems like, I never really thought about it, but MTV sort of brought it all together. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether you agree with the the premise of the thing or yeah, who, it was in your face. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it uh-huh. was all different. Mm-hmm. So you could you were exposed to everything. Yeah, I also grew up in so like SoCal, West Coast kid. Yeah, you know, the the people around me were into a lot of listening to everything. Sure, Chili Peppers. Yeah, the, uh, these these like the my teachers. You know, like even in school, like you know what's Counting Crows. Like the, you oh, know, yeah. REM. Like people, th- these are what my teachers were listening to. You know, like yeah, and they yeah. would play the shit. And those for were us. the cool teachers. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> put you onto some yeah, shit. Yeah. Do you know REM? REM. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Everybody yeah. hurts. <laughs> Now fill out your scantron <laughs> and turn it in. That was the English teacher. <laughs> Is that what you thought that was English? No, I mean, like, oh, English literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, man. I, I don't see no math teacher. Nah, the, the English R-E-M teachers were the ones. Sure, sure. History, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. History, but yeah, yeah. The, the the classes that required a little individuality in their exactly. presentation. Exactly. They they you get to see a little bit of taste what they what they're working with. So when did you start playing drums though? I started playing drums in when I was twelve. So yeah, I was I was I was uh, in the hip hop doing stuff, beating around on the tables and just beatboxing and break dancing and everything. And then eventually I was like, I want to play drums. And I got into middle school. And they had that was the only thing that they had left to play. I, I joined school band. I wanted to play sax. No more saxophones. So then I just. That's the, interesting. So you wanted to play like the old style. Yeah. Uh, I want to serenade and like yeah, yeah. I'm about to get some chicks. Yeah, with yeah. the saxophone. The sax, dude. I can yeah. pull up anywhere, play. What was being played in the house? Uh, Frankie Beverly and Mays, Earth, Wind and Fire, yeah. Curtis Mayfield, yeah, uh, 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 New Edition, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder. Oh yeah, Stevie Wonder was huge in my house. Uh, uh, Prince, a little bit, but it was kind of like you know that box that you that room you go like don't go, ever go in there. Yeah, you know that was the that was like Prince in my the my grown mom. Up box. Yeah, like. <laughs> He's weird. <laughs> oh, really? But, but but she liked it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was my, it was like dang. It was kind of like you, you, you don't go there. You but knew it was there. You, you can see the there, cover for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And my stepdad that that was one thing that he was for sure good for. He was a Prince fanatic, so that was how I got introduced to Prince. So, and that was unique for the time. The way he put music together, Prince. Yeah, are you kidding me? It's great, right, dude? Nothing like it. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't get hip to older though. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't. You know, in, I was more Michael Jackson. You know, Stevie sure. Wonder. Yeah, that was yeah, more my yeah. palette. Yeah. But when I got older, I saw him like, oh, this is actually the dude. Right. He is the golden child. <laughs> How he came in, like he came in the game, young as fuck. Yeah. Doing it his way yeah. on the androgynous tip. Yeah. And you see everybody was like, there was no real rules. You know, you're dressing with the makeup, yeah. tight everything. But black dude coming in, I don't give a fuck. I'm prettier than your finest girlfriend. And I can play every instrument. And I'm producing. And I'm telling the label, fuck off. I'm doing this shit. You loved him. Dude, punk. He was punk. New way, everything. 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 And he was only three inches tall. Just a little guy. And that's why he was that talented. All that condensed Oh yeah, talent had a lot to prove, man. You got a lot to prove, man. Yeah. You ain't taking no shit when yeah. you're that short. <laughs> you're riding motorcycles in yeah. your, in your, you know, in your long purple coats. Exactly, man. Yeah. And, and man, I, I just, I, I trip out on how experimental and how like new wave and rock his early stuff was. Like, you know, it's, I just, I trip out on some of the, the, the content as well. What he was talking about. He's got a song called Sister where he's talking about getting turned out by his sister and yeah. fucking his sister and that's how yeah. he got so weird yeah or that's what did it 
Do you think she's he was, the reason for my sexuality? Is that a real story? My sister never gave a shit. You need to oh, play that song. I play music. Okay. It's a song on a Dirty Mind. <laughs> yeah, classic album. One. I don't know if that's. But it's one of those album. ones where you're like, is that, is that true? It the is fuck. It, true? it might be. It makes a lot of sense. Because I learned, like, I always assume that when I talk to to, to songwriters, which I do sometimes, you, you know, uh, that every song they write is about them, and then I learned it's not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's not you know, how much... a dude down the street. Yeah, dude down yeah. the street, a dude I made up. Exactly. You know, some you know other point of view that I was trying to explore. Yep. So Prince blew your mind. Still does. Yeah. Yeah, it still does. So you start playing drums. Start playing drums in school. I was about to quit because it was boring. I didn't want to read music. Then my then I get to the house. My stepdad again. He's on the on uh-huh. has a drum kit at the he house does? randomly. And I'm like, what the fuck? And and I see the drum kit. I'm like, oh okay, a drum kit. It was oh so he just had it there and you never you he, never you just knew it was out in the garage or knew, something. He knew I was no no. He just got one and okay. he knew I was playing drums yeah. uh, in the, in the, in the uh, school band. But it was like single drum, snare, and then a bass drum. Right. And he knew I was playing, so he's like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna get a kit and you know show him show him what's up. So when I got home from school, he was banging on the kit. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. And I, you know, um, he 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 was on the kit playing some some drums, Prince stuff. Yeah. And then so I, he could play pretty good. He, he could he can he could fool around, you yeah, know, yeah. enough little basics. And yeah. then he, he let me get on the kit, and uh, I just started messing around. And I I've never nothing ever had ever came that natural to me. Uh huh. It was just like boom right away. Yeah. Like yeah. oh yeah. You uh, felt it. Figuring it out, and then yeah. boom, I was playing a playing a groove. And then my mom comes out, she starts dancing. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> right, right then I knew, you know, she never danced like that. She just workaholic. Yeah. She came out in her pajamas and was like, "What the fuck? Yeah, you play drums? <laughs> you play drums now?" That's exactly what she said. I'm like, "Uh, uh yeah." She's so. like, "All right, I got some records. I want you to learn how to play this." And she started telling me, "Yo, play this. Aren't you building the drills? Play this. You know, yeah. if you're going to play this, you can play." And that's all. What I did. other ones? Uh, a bunch of James Brown stuff. Um, uh, what else did I play? I, uh, I played a lot of soul and a lot of whatever was on the radio until my god sister came over and was like, "You need to go to church," and that's where the that's where you're going to learn how to play. Those James Brown records are good though. So good. I mean, there's like a hundred of them. Like I, I keep picking up these old James Brown ones, and you look at those covers, you're like, "What the fuck is this one?" Yes, it's just called Hell or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing too. People could just put out music like so many like we're and then the cover the cover art the best. That's how that's how you pick records now. It's like this looks. Sick. You do you do your own cover art? Um, in a sense, I'm very involved, but I work with the artists. You know, yeah, yeah. Man, but I, I, I'm very into it. Yeah, I worked with uh, you know, Dewey Sanders on the first two, and then this other one from this other talented artist, Simone Chalar from Germany. Yeah, I like collage artists. Yeah, you know, I yeah. Like, I like mixed media artists. I love it. I, I like you know putting effort into the sure to the uh, artwork because. Because when I when I, that's how I used to look for music, you know, or yeah. even books or anything, I just You're flipping through those bins. This yeah, looks sick. This this can't be corny. Yeah. Like, look oh, at this shit. Yeah. Pull you right in. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But you knew when they were corny. But even sometimes, <laughs> hell yeah, yeah, you know. But sometimes the corny ones, you're surprised. Well, I mean, everyone gets the. The laying down, the laying oh, yeah, down, yeah. you know, that yeah. one, everybody was doing that. So you kind of have to, you have to check those out. But yeah. <laughs> every, that was the thing to the, do. The so. Hey Baby covers. Yeah, hey, hey, what's baby. up, baby? <laughs> Cursive writing, chest hairs out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So yeah. you're playing the, with the James Brown, then your sister says you got to go to church? You got to go to church. You need That's to where you're going to learn how to play? Spirit. You're going to find the best of everything there. So I was like, all right, I never, I never been to church. My mom never really took us like that. No, and her dad was a pastor? That was, that was probably why. He scared her away. <laughs> <laughs> Enough <laughs> of that shit. <laughs> but she was very, she was, she's very, still is very religious, but she was just a workaholic, honestly. She just, she was never home. What was her gig? She was, uh, she ran her own produce company. Really? Mm-hmm. In Oxnard? Yep. Yeah, she started it. She somebody handed it over to her. You want to you want to run the strawberry stand? Yeah. She was like, "Fuck it." Yeah. She was she was dropping out of college and didn't really know what she was going to do. She had kids and she was like, "Fuck it, I'll do this." And then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Like what berries and strawberries? Just strictly strawberries. All strawberries. Yeah, yeah. And she went in, uh, and just you know distributed independently to all the the restaurants and you know she was doing at one point doing Ralphs and like the Cocos and Carols on oh, it. Oh really? Still, but yeah. And it was her company. She was her company. No Co- shortage of strawberries in the house. No shortage, <laughs> you know. But then again, you know, we never had it. We were just like fuck strawberries. Man. Oh really? We're, done. we're I, done with I strawberries. Don't want, I don't want Cheetos. I want you know. Yeah, yeah, cup yeah. Of noodles. So you go to church? Go to church. She with takes me sister. to church, and I'm hooked. I'm I'm set on the Lord. My mind was set on the Lord. That quick? That quick. Really? Yeah, I was what, like, had well, nothing to do with the it was, music. It was the music. It, it was, was the music. Yeah, but then I knew I was like, okay, what, how, how do I get in this? You know, what's yeah. going on? Okay, I gotta get got baptized. It. Okay, I gotta, I'm gotta, gotta believe. I gotta believe. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm, okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was just like, whatever it takes, because I want to. I want to be here every day so I can get better at the drums. I want to learn these songs. I want to play. So you gospel played in music. the gospel band. Yeah. In the church. Yeah. Old school. Old. Uh, yeah. It was contemporary gospel music. I went to like a Southern Baptist church in Oxnard. Where you know Oxnard is mostly uh, Latinos and whites, yeah. Um, but uh, where I was going to church was probably you know where all the black population is in the whole city, you know. Uh-huh. And um, so we were going and playing you know gospel music, standing so, up and clapping, kind mm, of gospel, music. shouting, yeah. You know, people screaming and uh, and running around and dancing and some of the most intense music and energy ever. Like you know, well, yeah, you, you have your old you know old school kind of sound and stuff, but yeah. the modern gospel stuff forget about it yeah you'll go through like five genres in one song yeah you know switch ups and all these different hits and breaks and grooves you at the hit you know Uh people know what's up about gospel for sure and so that's that's where i came up and you got all that jesus energy going through it got all of it you know all that 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 spirit because you know you're not supposed to do it for no form and fashion i I remember d'angelo said that but you're not supposed to it's not supposed to be about you you know what I'm saying? It's, it's the opposite of like rock and roll. Or like it, it's like no, I need to open myself up, let God flow, and it's a miracle. It's, this is not me, y'all. It's, You're a vessel. I'm a vessel for God. You yeah, know, so yeah. that that was the whole thing. Yeah. You know, that's how I came up. So it was like, all right, you know, like. And you felt it. You got yeah, it. I felt it, man. And 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 also too, it was it was dope because I got to play with musicians that were like, you when you're feeling it too much, you know, hey, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do this they, 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 they touch they, they have the pocket on their shirt and they play the pocket bro yeah and that's, that was like the main thing so it, it, to stay in the pocket it's, yeah stay in pocket bro yeah, yeah nobody wants to hear all that shit like yeah. <laughs> she used to tell me you're the groove guy the not groove. the show off yeah okay yeah, yeah. you let me go off on the keys right, yeah. all right up on the fills drummer yeah, guy you, you hold down you hold me down <laughs> all right we need you to hold it down and i'm 12 years old you know so it's like i got oh. all kinds of puberty i got all kinds of shit going yeah, on i want to yeah. just rock out and that was cool for me. It was just like kept me, you know, gave me that foundation to like work, you know, follow direction and stuff. And working with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like to, you know, to you know, get that, the unit going, right? Absolutely. The drummer's like so fucking important. Like there's some guys who can't swing. Exactly. To save their lives. It's weird, right? Yeah. Like, and you can, you can feel it and stuff. Like, but you know, I can't play when I try to play like 
alternative rock like the white boy type of like more stiff song yeah. or like any like that kind of feel you can't it's hard help for yourself. me to do that you can't, I'm too much swing you can't help you know yourself, what I'm saying right? it's you different play, if, that, you find the pocket if I try to play a Metallica song yeah you know yeah. it's you know no, nah, no, no, it yeah. probably wouldn't work yeah you're gonna play it with a little swing it's gonna have a little <laughs> too much <laughs> grease on it <laughs> and so it's it's like I, I have a lot of respect in that too you know it's like you know everybody's got their own groove well it's like the swing like the, the rock is you're ahead of it and then the swing is you're behind it right you're kind of pushing it along yeah you know? yeah i mean i mean even that early rocks yeah exactly that shuffle that's a shuffle that's yeah. blues you know yeah. well yeah right, um, right. <laughs> but that's what but yeah but that's totally it yeah. you know but it's like even the even the rock stuff you know like especially the old stuff the classic rock that shit got grease to it man it's like oh yeah they're not playing on like all oh, yeah Stiff, oh yeah it's like even like uh, i was in the rolling stones you know like because yeah. like because charlie watts is on top of it but like he can really fucking yeah, swing he's man. digging in you know yeah. yeah 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 all those dudes man that thing that that mm. clapping i saw you know where i saw that <laughs> i had to learn how to do that yeah it was it was uh, i was watching an interview with dizzy gillespie okay right and he was just talking about it and he just goal. started doing that with his hand i'm like mm -hmm. oh, i gotta learn how to do that with my hand yes man <laughs> i love that man yeah do you listen to do you listen to jazz stuff yeah i do yeah like it's it's wild right it really is man it really is dude like that kind of music who's like, that cat you work with the uh, that's sort of a jazz legacy he's related to alice coltrane and like uh he's a producer uh, uh, um uh a uh, fly low yeah, flying yeah, lotus. yeah yes. flying lotus. what a weirdo yeah yes. I, I got it like i was looking i, I was poking around like stuff that you worked on and, and i was like who's that guy yeah yeah because i talk i've talked to kamasi mm -hmm. and uh and i want what is this bass player's name thundercat yes like it's like what the fuck that's my bro yes thundercat is a yeah, you, you have you work with him? Yeah, that's my I work with him too much. Is oh, honestly, he's like that one of my best friends. That five string bass, mm -hmm. that last record, the double record, the ten inch, like that. It's like a Dr funkadelic record. Drunk. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Holy shit, man! He's a maniac, and he's like a anime buff. Like he he, he watches all the, the superhero movies, and he's just like full on nerd, full on nerd, huh. black nerd, jazz. Just freak. crazy freak. Well, there's that whole crew of those guys from uh, over there in, in South Central, right? Yes, that, yes. Like Kamasi and that the, whole gang, their dads are involved. Yes. They got a whole jazz crew they're over like, there. They're like trying not to like get shot at and they're playing jazz music yeah. and they're in the anime. Yeah. Like, can you imagine those cards yeah. being yeah. dealt to you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good. It's good. It's amazing. Well, I think they think they, you know, they not unlike you're bringing uh, the instruments into hip hop, they, they are fighting for the survival and relevance of jazz. Absolutely. And they single-handedly brought it back. They did. It's they, great. Yes, yes. I mean, that, those Kamasi records, I mean, to, to put out a record called Epic and it's three fucking records and it's your first record. Pure jazz. It's, right, but it's sort of like, deal with this. Mm hmm that that's really what it should be. It's like all or nothing. I think so. You know, if you're gonna be all the way that, do it. If you're gonna be all the way this, do it that way. You so, know? did you play the drums all the way through then? So, when you started doing your first stuff, like uh, when when were you starting to make records or making or at least make tapes or whatever yeah, you made? Like, well, in high school, around in high school, I made my first demo, and uh, I, uh, I by the time I was a senior, I had like a my own mixing board, mic, and. Uh, like a little studio of my own, like and an A-track mixer. It was, it was a, it was one, of, it was uh, a digital rolling mixer. So this is like, this is around the time Pro Tools was just coming out. There was yeah. no real software stuff, so yep. it was that in between time. So it was an actual 
hard uh, board gear, like a mixer, yeah. and, and you could print straight to CD. Right. It was digital, though. Oh, so you had a CD burner? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And I was making my demo, and I, and I sold it around school. And, um, Did that you make was, a cover? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you were the guy with the stack? Okay. I, was the, I was the dude. How much? I was, three bucks? I was the ladies' man, you know? Yeah. Th- three bucks, you know? <laughs> two bucks for the ladies is yeah. nothing. Or just give them away. Here, actually, here, take this, you know? Yeah, drop them off at some radio stations. Exactly. Yeah. The local radio station. What was that one called? What was the first one oh, you made? Oh, my first tape was called, <laughs> Have You Seen My Uncle? <laughs> <laughs> my sister was having all these kids and yeah. by the time we were, we were already in high school well, I was in high school but she was you know older but she had yeah. kids and, and they were always at the house and yeah uh, uh, that's what I went with um, have you seen my have uncle have you seen my uncle yeah and uh yeah it was uh was it a big hit at high school it was a big hit yeah. you know <laughs> the, the, it was rave reviews the, this high school paper yeah wrote a great review on it did they yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. nice. So a, you felt it. You felt it. I was, I was buzzing hard. Yeah. You know, I felt it. I could feel myself bubbling. I knew I was going to get signed at any minute. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was taking meetings, you uh-huh. know, I was going around and I was going. Were uh, you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's Where funny at? because right when my parents uh, got put down, it was like that I was, I was getting some, you know, meetings with with labels i was going to atlanta and i was meeting all the big labels and stuff who were they then who were the big labels it was like arista and uh yeah. i was meeting with bmg publishing and uh really atlantic and really yeah, all these different you know and you're like 18 17 yeah 17 yeah and they're like we got one we gonna- we got one yeah we got a little sucker that little we can wizard. yeah that we can take work advantage and take of, advantage right. of pretty much and um yeah, I was doing all these meetings, but I was very distracted. Like my my, my both my folks were in prison. Um, my sisters were breaking their necks to try to figure out how they're going to take care of me and my little sis, and I didn't I didn't want to stress them, so I was very anxious to move out and try to. I, I thought I was going to get signed. I was yeah, like, I'm, I'm about to be famous. I'm about to take care of my family. It's all good. Yeah. Why didn't you? Ten years later, signed. nothing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> heartbreak, man. It, it, the heartbreak. It was just wasn't. It wasn't time. You know. It was. It was. Uh, it was a timing thing. I think it was. This is in 2004, mm-hmm. and the I was in this this um, transitional period of the, of the music industry. Every, from what to what? From from CDs and uh, from the way people were um, hearing music and receiving it. Uh, it was all going in a more digital direction right. so yeah. now um it was going into uh myspace music or mm-hmm. you know people were downloading that was a big thing right. back then i remember like, yeah people are legally downloading oh shit you know like now right. we can't charge people 30 dollars for you know double disc cds or anything like that you know like they're making a lot of money from the labels are freaking the, the out labels are freaking everything's out. free yeah but nobody was you know the labels weren't they didn't. They could have made a DSP back then, you know. But they, they. I don't think they were really taking it serious. Right. So all these different companies were coming up. What under was the big one? The, the Kazaa or no, no Napster. Napster. Yeah, Napster yeah. was going on yeah. all these different things, you know. So, um, I was just like, you know, someone that was making beats and making my music and stuff. But I wasn't a gangster rapper. I didn't have anything, um, you know. I was really just making. You weren't, you weren't a character, and I didn't have anything that they could really market. He didn't. Have, he wasn't a right. thug. And, right. Um, it was boring for them. And this is this is when like in the 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 height of like crunk music, Little John, and yeah, uh, all this stuff. And that's really what they wanted me to make music like. And I, I, I immediately just got turned off by that. Well, it still seems that even like on the new record, it seems like almost on on a couple of your records, you, you kind of draw this distinction mm-hmm. between people who are pretending to be that and people who are really that, and you. 
you know, like in like does it even matter anymore? Right, right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly, man. Everything's everything's changing. Absolutely, man. Like, uh, so you didn't fit the mold, and you weren't going to make yourself fit the mold. You just stuck with your own shit, on, uh, or did you actually? I quit. Really? Yeah, I I was like, fuck. You it. were done in high school. I was it done was because over? I was like, if I'm not signed right now, fuck it. What the fuck? I'm a loser. Like, so, I'm 18 years old, and I don't have a million dollar record deal. Like, I, I didn't. It didn't happen. It, it's not. It's it. over. It's so over. So what did you do? I uh, got a job. Doing what? Uh, a few things. I, so- I sold Vans shoes. Uh-huh. Uh, at a Vans store? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then um, that didn't work. <laughs> I worked at a library. Got some free shoes though, right? I got free shoes. Yeah. I got free everything wherever I worked for yeah. show. I was <laughs> getting out with a whole yeah. thing for sure. You worked at a library? I worked at a library. It was like a di- it was like a warehouse actually where they sold it was a, a online store yeah. and I worked at the warehouse where they where the books were at. So okay. I had to just go around and that's not good great came up some on some books though um so, but but were you bitter um i was a bit bitter i was a bit like damn the times it were hurt was when i was working these shitty jobs and that my boss would be like dude like they, they would catch wind that I, I was like did music or yeah and they'd be like you're talented what are you doing here yeah as they're giving me my schedule you know right and then i just <laughs> yeah. like Fuck! What the fuck am I doing? No here? music. Like, you weren't doing anything. I wasn't. I was like, "Fuck that! I'm done. I'm now, just gonna get a job." My parents are in prison. I want. I want some. I want some stability. How did music come back? Uh, I, this girl I was dating. Yeah. She was like, "You can sing. Like, what? What are you doing? Like, she was. She's a singer as well. Where'd you meet her? Church. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. She was a bit older than and me. And you stopped playing at the church too. I got back into playing in church. So I was. I was working a job, and I and I ran into the old organist player oh yeah and he was like where the fuck you been <laughs> and i was like dude like you know what's going on I'm like it's crazy and then so he's like dude come come back to the church i know you still hopefully you can still play you know yeah. and I, I could always still play drums you know so i went back and started playing and i got back into it like you know at least playing drums you right know? and i was shedding back in with him and it was just me and him and then the girl came back from college and she saw me also too i was really fat growing up and i had lost a bunch of weight that's that's i put kind of now I'm thinking about it, I put all my energy towards that. Losing weight? Losing weight, getting a job. How fat were you? Um well, I, I mean, was I was at my heaviest, like maybe like two seventy. That's oh man, so Yeah. yeah. And so I was short and I'm you know not, lugging around a lot of weight. Lugging around moving the weight from state to state. Oh. And uh yeah, I was That's just a over big it. Deal. Yeah. By the time I got out of high school, I was like, I haven't gotten laid. I was like nothing was I was like everything must change. Fuck this. And you lost all what you was a hundred pounds? Yeah. Lost lost a bunch of weight, changed the diet up. I just had bad eating habits. Like, yeah. I thought it was normal to eat fast food every day. And a lot of people do. That's what keeps that industry alive. <laughs> I just thought it was a normal thing. Yeah. Never and drink so you, water. Yeah. So and you lost the weight, got lost back the weight. on the drums. Got back on the College drums. College girl comes. the girl. Yeah. She starts giving me a little confidence. Yeah. I'm feeling myself. Boom, I'm back in it. I, I knock the dust off the, the, old, the old mixing board. Yeah. I start writing again. But I'm doing it my way. I'm not trying to chase no sound or anything. I'm just like writing songs that I've all like been, you know. Were you singing a lot then too? I was starting to experiment, so mm-hmm. I was I was finding my voice. So you know, I guess you can call it singing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I started singing more. She was she was giving me a lot of confidence boost to sing. And she was a musician as well. She was, yeah. She sang in the church. I played drums. She was in the in the praise team. Uh huh. And she was an excellent singer. And so she was like, "Yeah, man, you need to sing. You need to get back into it. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. What happened with she, that? She went to law school." And then um, I was kind of still like on the fence. Yeah. And I went to the culinary school first, cut myself the first day and was bleeding everywhere. I was like, okay, fuck that. I'm, I'm just going to go. Oh, you're going to be a chef? I, I thought I was going to be a chef. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
thought I was going to get a nice job at the Olive Garden, figure it out. Wow, that's where all chefs go. Exactly. <laughs> you know, earn my keep, get, go through the, the garden, yeah, if you, you will. And you cut your finger and that was it. That was, it was like, it was like, it was like the, the one that... When you didn't get your record deal, you're like, I'm out. I'm out. I cut my finger. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I take everything as a sign, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, Fuck this. Not meant to be a yeah. cook. And my teachers told me, that, that even, the, the, even the teacher at the culinary school, he was like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, yeah. you cut yourself the first day. Like, <laughs> so I was like, all right, bet. I'm going to go to a music college. Like, at least, at the very least, I can get a job playing drums. Right. What you the fuck your- am I doing? So I, went, so I went to music college, Musicians Institute. Oh, Yeah. And Where's that at? It's in Hollywood, in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard. Is it good? It's dope. It's like ITT Tech for like musicians. two years. Yeah, um, yeah, about two years. Um, I went. I, I I was working there longer than I actually attended there. You worked there as well. Doing yeah, I what? was working there as a TA, oh. so I couldn't afford it. I had to drop, and then uh, then the, the the teachers called back, and they were like, "Why don't you work here as a TA? You can you can play drums for the students." The, the vocal students we, oh, need, we need people to play for oh. the classes you know so they must have thought you were good and believed in you and they didn't want you to go really, what happened to the lawyer girl the lawyer girl went off and to go to uh ucla law school we, we split up she ended up actually you know uh dating one of my my buddies yeah and uh they ended up having a kid and uh oh. living happily ever after oh still uh, you guys no, weren't not, married, not, though. Not still. Not no. still. Yeah, you know I know that. Yeah. We're not together anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you guys get married or you weren't married? Um, no, we didn't get married. Okay. Um, okay. I'm married now, though. Shout out to my wife, my okay. beautiful wife. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't my cause, only wife. I don't want to cause any trouble. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Let's just, <laughs> let's just say I have one wife. That's okay. how it always been. That's how it always will be. Okay? <laughs> wow. That's just my she friend. Got, yeah, the other she, one. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. She got, She's got you, uh, she got, good, good for you. She's got a grasp. I, it sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it was cool. I, and, and, and then I got back into music. I was Where'd like, you meet I was this wife? Pu- fully on fire at, at the school. She a musician too? Straight from Korea. She was coming in. She's Korean. Mm-hmm. And she was going there for vocals and, and piano. And we met in, in one of the classes. Yeah. She still sing? She still sings. On your records? Uh, not on my records. Oh, how's no, that? She has her own group. We're, oh, okay. we're one of those kind of like, you do your that's thing, cool. I do mine. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's better that we're, way? We're complete opposites. It is, it is. Oh, that's and good. We, we have our common grounds, you know. That's great. All yeah. right, so so now you're teaching kids, you're playing with the kids. Yeah, you're, I'm It's teaching, building um, up, you're still making your own shit. Yeah, I'm making my own stuff, and I, and I started my own band now at the school. So I'm like getting the connections, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, learning a bunch of music. How many pieces, like what kind it's, of band? It was what like you five of us. So it was called Breezy Lovejoy Band. Breezy Love. Breezy was my nickname since I was in high school. Breezy Lovejoy. And I added that tacked on the Lovejoy. And uh, when I got to the college, I was uh, scouting out musicians to play the, the, the demo that I had, this mm-hmm. new demo of like new songs that I've had. And I got with a bunch of musicians and they loved the songs and we started playing dive bars and pay to play uh, in, in, in Hollywood and playing for other artists, which what, is how we made ends meet. Back in, backup band? Mm-hmm. Like what Cover you, band, backup band. What, what kind of stuff are you playing? We were playing a lot for a lot of singer-songwriters that have money to blow. Okay. Um, they need a backup. They, you recorded with some people then? Yeah, we, we did a lot of session work yeah. uh, for, the, for the kids at the school, and then a lot of session work for these kids that got record deals and they needed bands. And so, so you um, really get so you're really jumping right in mm-hmm. and on it. Like it, it's good because you're learning how the business works. Mm-hmm. You're learning how to you know lead a band exactly. You know, and to orchestrate, compose, put shit together. Yep, 
going, getting, you know, making my way around the city as like, you know, we were the the band that if you needed a band, you could pay us 150 bucks and we learned your whole catalog. Yeah. You know? Really? Like, the, like what kind of acts? Any kind? A lot of, a lot of hip hop, a lot uh-huh. of soul acts, a lot of singer songwriters. Right. Stuff, a lot of people that they just got a record deal. Right. And they got these, these showcases that oh, they yeah. got to play. That's, that's the kind of gigs we were getting. And then there was, there was clubs like the Little Temple uh, Bar. I don't, I don't think it's called that anymore, but there was these spots where, uh, you know, the promoters would hire us and we, we play for all kinds of bands, all kinds of groups. We were just like the house band for open mics and stuff. Right, right. Is that where you got the idea to do the covers record? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we were always playing covers, so that was just like, yeah, fuck it, let's let's play these these interpretations and put them What out. was on that record? You uh, can't find it. I co- couldn't find cover it. Cover art was, uh, we did Seven Nation Army by uh, uh, White Stripes. We did Heart of Gold by... Neil Young. Neil Young. We did the Beatles, Blackbird. How come I couldn't find the record? It's on. You got to go to Bandcamp or okay. SoundCloud or something. Okay. One of those. And in, it's in called Ever- Cover Art. Uh huh. Under which name? Cover Art under Anderson Pack. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of the first um, projects I did under that. Um, now I got to listen to it. We What we did was we flipped. Um, the idea was that we're going to take all these songs by white artists and, and put like the soul and grease on them because, you know, in the 50s. and <laughs> Get in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, you know, kind of spinning that whole thing where how in the 50s you had a lot of white artists that did black music. And then when they did it, it went straight to radio and oh, became yeah. huge records. That's you know? right. So I, I wanted to do the opposite of that in a way. And oh, so that gonna, was the whole idea with that. Going to black up the white stuff. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it never left SoundCloud, but you know I was early on it. Wait, how could it not be released now? Hey, it's it's never too late. I got no. I gotta like uh, get the mechanicals and all that shit because they're not my songs. And, and sure, but do I that. mean, but it's not it's not hard. I just gotta put yeah, some energy. None of those it. guys really mind if you make them an extra buck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Except for Neil. Yeah. Uh, he, oh, Neil. He might be a little particular. I would think that maybe he'd be. I don't know. You know, I talked to him once. He's an odd guy. Yeah, but, I, I would be a prick if someone you mean, like, you, tries to do my shit over. If, I know, but but the but it seems like it happens all the time. And if you if those guys own the publishing, what do they care? Exactly. I mean, they, you money. know, yeah. I mean, it's not on you. It's on That's the how label. I got my first plaque. How this? I put out a song on Venice called "Might Be," and um, it did what it did. And then another kid took the song and remixed it. Yeah. He took our version and then added his made a version his version of our version yeah. pretty much. A remix, you know? Yeah. A cover, if you will. Yeah. And then put put that out and it started booming. And yeah. then started getting radio play. Right. And then my label calls and they're like, you know this kid? I'm like, no, what the fuck? Shut it down. It's my song. And they're like, uh well, you getting all the publishing and like <laughs> might as well let it go because <laughs> it's it's number one at radio and i'm like fuck that uh, damn and that's when you learned how to write songs for people exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you got past that. your pride hey. and you're like how much it's more than one way to do it man <laughs> do it any way you can hey i love it so how do you like uh wait how many records did you do under that breezy lovejoy moniker Shit, I did. Um, I think it was two projects, and those three, all, three projects maybe. And they were all with the full band. Um, yeah, I was. Yeah, working with my band. I was working with producers and stuff. I was doing a lot of beats too. Yep. How does that work? Because I I noticed like this is one of the, those areas where I, I'm not educated. Like I had the Beastie Boys in here a couple of weeks ago, and I just felt like an idiot because like they're they're going through the whole history of what they grew up with and the music that moved them. I'm like, who? Yeah, what? you know, like an idiot. Because, you know, you, you get into your own thing and you know what you know. Mm-hmm. 
But when you work with all these different producers, because like on even on this record, it seems like every song is a different crew. Mm-hmm. So how does that work in in hip hop? What because it seems like the producer is intrinsic to the sound. Mm-hmm. Like whereas like with rock, they'll they'll do their thing. Yeah, but it's usually on the artist. But it seems like it's more collaborative. Right. You're you're working with them to get what they their their sound. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I like to think on this album probably the main producer my co-producer if you will on this album was dr dre um we worked with a lot of different musicians my right. band included a lot of different producers and everything but one thing we did was all the songs were most of them were done in one room with me and dre there for oxnard uh-huh and we're utilizing whoever's in the room and you're on his label now yes and but did he work with you on any of the other two or is this a new no, relationship this was the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. yep he um Malibu was pretty much like halfway done by, by the time I, I was working with him and then he dropped his project before and that's when I was uh, he put me all over Compton and then I was like oh shit I'm, all right I think I should drop this project now yeah. it's probably a good time yeah. and I wasn't signed to him so I you know I was able to drop it independently so after you okay so after you do the the, the Lovejoy stuff and you're doing the cover album and mm-hmm. you're back in like you know what was the big break what makes you sort of before you meet Dre let's get I, like just a, like what why Venice and what what are all these albums do they have themes or are they just so I switched over I made a decision to switch over and go by Anderson Pack. so I, I, I gave up Breezy Lovejoy my mentor at the time Brian Lee who told me that, that I should actually come on this podcast and then like he he hit me to you pretty yeah. much and now i'm like a huge fan now oh thanks um he was like fuck all this other shit man you need to go on that motherfucker show <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like all right bet and then i started listening and it's great but he, he was he's totally that guy you know put me on a bunch of different shit but he yeah. was the one i was like dude screw breezy love joy that shit's corny just go by you know you should switch it up you've been doing it for six seven years and, and one, of the, one of the things he was like you really gonna meet dr dre and tell him your name is breezy love joy <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, like, you know, Q-tip is Q-tip. Yeah, <laughs> true. That's really true. I mean, I don't think I don't think it doesn't seem like the 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 hip hop world is that judgmental about I could silly be very, names. I'm very influenced. So yeah, yeah. yeah, so I was like, you know what? It's out. Breeze Ledger is out. We well, might as well I'm, use your real name. I'm you Anderson Pack. It's me. No name. No yeah. game, real name. So, uh, and we started going in, and, and so uh, like I spent like six, seven months with with Brian in in, in his apartment, and he uh, he's a producer. He was not a producer. He was really on the tech side and and on the business side, and and knew a lot about. Um, uh, YouTube and you know how to blow artists up on YouTube and right. make viral moments. I get it. And he was working with another artist, dumbfounded that I was that was like. I so was he's like with. a tech consultant. Was, yeah, yeah. So he saw things from that side. So, but, a brand master. Mm, yeah, brand master. He's yeah. like, you're really talented, but it's it's going to take a lot more than that. You know. Yeah. So he's like, you need a work wow. ethic. You need to get in a room and just work on you. You're, you're playing drums. You're doing. You're trying to do too much. Right. And you should simplify your life and just uh, get in a room and and make it easier for yourself. So yeah. You can make better decisions. So uh, he he turned his extra room into a studio, just one computer and a, and a keyboard. And he was like, you can do everything yourself. All right. And if and you then, can't learn how to do it, and then he locked you in that room, <laughs> locked me in the room. <laughs> woke. I was waking up early and I was doing music. And I had that's the first time I started working with like whiteboards and like drawing out what I wanted for myself and really serious with. I never never done that How, what, what, setting goals and shit so whiteboards huh yeah. like with the markers yeah and like what would you put on the whiteboard like you know, i would lyrics or ideas or so so first i would i would brainstorm so i'd be like what 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 do what do i want to sound like yeah. what are the artists i even like 
what is my ideal definition? And who came up? So I went back and I li- I went went through like the '60s and I looked up Sam Cooke and I looked up like oh, Stephen Wonder yeah. and, and I went through Marvin Gaye's yeah. and I looked up like um, people that had like these real distinctive voices because yeah. I, I knew I had like a unique voice, um, but I, I I didn't have like if you will like like a pretty you know you ever, singing kind of voice. Did you listen to that any of that uh, soul stirrer stuff, the Sam Cooke, the old gospel stuff? Yes, yes. Oof. Soul stirrers. Yes, it's stirrers. a wild with his voice because like even when he was in that gospel crew, his voice was so unique. Just, even when he was singing with three of them. It just cut through. It's wild, Beautiful right? melodies. Uh-huh. Otis so, Redding, you know, James oh, sure. Brown. Yeah. Um so I just started to listen to all of those guys and then um I started uh you know, checking out the new dudes, you know, even like, you know, the dudes that were killing it in, in my era too, you know, like, like the, like the Bruno Mars and Kendricks and, you know, people that, that I saw that had integrity that were musicians, you uh-huh. know, that I wanted, I knew that that's the lane I wanted to go in. So, uh, but what I, about all that early, that mid period hip hop that, you know, the tribe called Quest? Mm-hmm. Oh, know. of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. So that was just there. That was, yeah. that was, that was like, you know, Already engraved in, you. in me, yeah, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. um, I was I was just more so like what the stuff that I miss you know right. the Beatles you know sure as simple as I never never was gotten into them and then yeah. I got hit to them later you know and uh you know then that opened up a whole portal you know so um, so that's what was on the whiteboard yeah it was, on the, it was just influences what do I want um what do I want I want a Grammy of course you know I want I would love to have uh my own studio i would love to have a car i would love to have health insurance i would love to get my own place to live i didn't have that a- was that was one column <laughs> place yeah, to live yeah, health insurance live. grammy yeah grammy million dollars <laughs> or actually it was just like a thousand dollars uh you know back then you know yeah, yeah, realistic sure. goals you know um and so that was it and then it was like um you know the people that I wanted to meet, and you know what, I, how I wanted to look, and yeah. everything. So that was all the things you were that putting I, yourself together. Yeah, I was putting it up. I was putting it together, and then I would just go in there. And uh, one thing he, he told me too was like, learn how to do it your, by yourself. You know, let let don't try to be as less dependent on people as you can, because when you know, it, even when you get to the point where you don't have to do it yourself, you at least can tell people how it's done. And you know what right. you want. You know. Yeah. And so that was that, and so I did that. Six months came out of it. Okay, I'm down. I want to change my name, Anderson Pack. Yeah. Boom. I keep the dot there, so I always remember that. Um, it takes work ethic and detail to get anywhere. It's about the things you that's say no the dot? to. Yeah, that's what the dot represents. Mm. The dot before the P. So, but when you, but what were you recording at that time? What did that? I become? was I was recording what would later become Malibu, and what would later become. Um, was Malibu first or Venice? Venice was first. So you'd already done that. Yep. So I had came out of that whole thing. It was like six, seven months of that, right? Yeah. Maybe a year or so. And and I had I had the bulk of Malibu done after I came up with that. Yeah. And so I was hesitant though to put that out because I didn't think people would receive it well. What Malibu? It, yeah. Why? It was it was uh, different for me. It was very revealing. It was like more personal, and it, a lot of the songs were very understated and not overproduced, and the stuff that was I was listening to at the time was very dance and like um heavy bass yeah and i wanted to get people turned up yeah and i didn't know people were going to turn up to the bird or you know all these songs and i didn't really realize that these were actually the songs that really that you should be doing but i wanted to 
um, I, I noticed that with the bass in my car. Mm-hmm. Like, like even if I don't have it turned up that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted my little nieces. <laughs> I wanted my the, the homies to like it. You know, yeah, and yeah, then they're yeah. like, "What the fuck?" They, I, every time I played my music for people, they were like, "This weirdo shit." You know, like, and then they turn back on whatever the fuck they're listening. Really, to. I, yeah. I don't like. See, I guess I don't listen to enough hip hop to di- like. Cause it doesn't. I, I didn't listen to anything you did and think like, "Nah, this stuff's out there." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you you grow up, you know, you you, you yeah, have I mean, a different just, palette. You know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, but it just sounds like you know good music. Yeah, yeah. They, like, but what are they judging on? Um, I think that at the time, like my this is the time of Malibu or Venice. This is um, uh, my music in general. Like when I used to play for my my family members yeah. and stuff like that, they just. They were like, you're talented, you're great, you're going to make it one day, you know. Oh, they really? weren't bumping my shit, you know, but yeah. they were like, you're great. They, my sisters were my biggest fans, you know, but I could tell they didn't always understand where I was coming from. Because maybe. you were being too honest? No, I just think it was like, I think my influences were just a little different, and my, my music was left to them, I think, you know, like uh, my early demo stuff, yeah. I was doing a lot of weird stuff, I think, to that to their ear. Like what? Like what, what made it different you know, like you know, structurally I, or sound wise, than than what they were used to. Like, what what I, elements? I guess it was maybe too lo-fi or uh-huh. the and even the topics. You okay. know, um, uh, right. That that we were, I was pulling from. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, my my brother-in-law listens to people like E Forty and Sibo uh, uh, and yeah. uh, real heavy gangster rap. Okay, you know what I'm okay. saying? So it's so it's too soft for him. Yeah, yeah, you're you know? a little too like you know what are you? Uh, are you a fucking weirdo yeah. or you know that was that's pretty much it? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you're talented. You're yeah. great. It's yeah, gonna yeah, work yeah, for yeah, somebody. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we'll let you know when the shit starts to slap, and you you know we'll let you know. You know, and you know, and by the time I got to Dre, now they're like fucking ah, you know, yeah, right. But yeah. So, but yeah, I was doing all kinds of stuff, and so, but. I myself wasn't confident in what I was doing in Malibu at the time. So, and also too, I had been locked in this room, and I wanted to just work with other people. You wanted a band. I wanted a yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted a band. I wanted to work with producers. I wanted to just talk and be, you know, right. yeah, get out of the cave. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're in a cave too long, you're gonna do weird shit. You'll stir. Yeah, exactly. But I needed that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I needed yeah, to right. get ugly and do weird stuff to get yeah. comfortable with what, what at least with what I could do as an artist you and find a, my voice. Right. You took a risk. Yeah, it was and great. You, you put yourself out there, and people said like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and also too, yeah, we 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 got that album done, and then we took it to places. And and they were like, oh, exactly, all right, well. And everybody was scared, nobody was. But they but they liked Venice. No, no. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I couldn't buy a deal, bro. Like, not until I got to Dre, he was the only one. And this that... is midway through Malibu that you've met Dre? Yes, yeah, I had already put out Venice and I went, in, went back and worked with producers when I went and worked with Venice and got, I wanted to do like a heavy hidden sound, more modern sound, yeah. if you will. And so I, I went back and did Venice and then put that out. And then I was like, that's why I started calling it the beaches. Cause I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a location so I can build up to yeah. these places. So Venice is kind of gritty. It's kind of- And you open with beach sounds. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's, it's so yeah. cow, it's, it's the beach. And then and then we'll work our way up to Malibu. You know? yeah, that's yeah. a more mature right. sound. So Got it. That's, and then that back was to the Ox- idea. Then back to Oxnard. And then we'll, and then we'll go north, keep go going home. north, yeah, and we'll, yeah. we'll take it home, you know? So how do you meet, how how do you meet Dre? Like, are you like what pre- you're working with pretty big producers already, yes. right? Uh, I was I was just working with yeah. I thought they were the biggest producers to me, you know, because they, they, they were the the producers around the, in the in the city that were 
uh, killing it. You know, people like, um, you know, Knowledge and people like Lo and Taku, Toki Monster and, and uh, Keitronada, Pomo. These are people, DJs and producers that I, we that's what we listen to. Right. You know, and they were moving the needle yeah. for us. So I was I was excited to work with them. But Dre could give two shits, you know. Yeah. And so everybody was was trying to get the music to Dre. Yeah. You know, from what I hear now, you know, whether it was Ty Cannon or, or F. Gary Gray, the director or my manager at the time. But honestly, until you get in the studio with him and he, he sees that you're capable and he, you you see that fire? That's that's when you gotta make him a believer. How'd you get in the studio with so him? So I finally got in the studio with him because he was making Compton. He was doing oh, the, right. the straight out of Compton yeah. soundtrack, and um, his two writers that he was working on the album with, King Mez and JT, were yeah. working on a song, and they and they said we got to get this kid in here. So they got they got Ty to get me on the line, and uh, Carrie Lynn, I was working yeah. with her, and she'll see. They got me over there, and I was you know skeptical i didn't think it was going to work and i got in there and the first two, two people i meet were dr dre and doc yeah and <laughs> they give me a handshake and they're like dope okay cool were and you go, freaked out i was i was a little freaked out just because how tall and big they were yeah but other than that <laughs> like it was like everything felt good that day like everything felt like it was supposed to happen that day yeah. for some reason I, yeah. felt, I was feeling good yeah and i was like all right cool i'm finally in the building like, yeah all right and they go back to watching the game, and I go in the studio, and I meet the the writers, and they're like, "Yo, you're dope, man. We love your song, Suede, and this and that." I'm like, "Oh, cool. I had this song called Suede out," and uh, I was like, "Dope." They started playing me the music. I'm like, "This sounds crazy." They're like, "Dre's really gonna put an album out. I promise this." And yeah. I'm like, "Cool, man. Let me let me get on some, you know." <laughs> and yeah. so they're like, "Hold on, before we get you on this, let's play the song that let's play Suede for Dre." And I'm like, "Wait, he's never heard the shit yet." <laughs> he and didn't. Like, Fuck. He, he just on there in a recommendation. Yes. I'm like, let me get on the mic first let me get something let me because what if he doesn't like it i don't want to get kicked out yeah yeah <laughs> not now they bring him in the studio yeah. and they play him the record and he plays the record three times in a row yeah and he's like let's work so yeah I'm oh like, really yeah let's was get. it heavy like yeah. were, you, were you like he you're just sitting there yeah and he's playing it again yep again because i mean i watch a documentary so i get a sense of like it must be wild just to see him thinking like listening and think yeah. that's hard right there yeah <laughs> He does a thumbs up, AP. That's hard. That's gangster. That's gangster right there. Play that again. Yeah. So the third time goes around. He's like, all right, let's work. And I'm like, cool. So they play the beat, and I love it. This is like this crazy infectious bass line. Yeah. It's great. All in the day's work is what it ended up being for Compton. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, cool. Let's do it. Let me get on the mic. And they they got the mic set up just like this. There's no booth. Yeah. And everybody's in the room. So he's like, oh, you want to just hop on the mic? I'm like, yeah. Throws on the beat. I close my eyes and I'm just like right out of a movie. Just like throw my headphones on. Yeah. The room gets silent. <laughs> and, you, and I black out, literally. And when I open up my eyes, he's, I see Dre, I see the whole room just going crazy. And I, I've been working with him ever since. And what, you just freestyle? Yeah. It was a, it was freestyle, not really thinking about the words, just yeah. getting melodies and yeah. cadences and uh -huh, stuff and uh -huh. just speaking in tongues, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was it. And uh, he loved it. He just loved the tone of my voice. He told me, you know, you got that pain in your voice. Like, oh, it, no see? one sounds like you. See? Finally, the weird thing pays it off. It is. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Be, conf be confident in what you do in, in yourself. And that was it. And uh, I knew I could do me at a point and like nobody else. So it was fun. Because you'd already pushed yourself out there. Yeah, that was yeah. it. He, I was already, you know, I had music out plenty of music I, I was i wasn't getting called in to write hip, a verse for him or anything like that they were like they wanted me to do what i did you know and uh thank god i wasn't like chasing some thing or something yeah. like something else i had no choice but to just do me nobody right. wanted to right. sign me or do anything i just i was just the weirdo kid 
Right. Yeah. So that paid off. The it weirdo. Really, it really did, man. So did he do half of Malibu then? No. So then he, we ended up, I ended up camping out there, finishing up the rest of his record. Yeah. And I didn't know what was going to come out or anything. I didn't know if I was going to be on it or anything. And then, then all of a sudden I look on iTunes and the, the record's out. Compton. Compton yeah. And I'm on six tracks. And, and they're like, he's the new Snoop and he's the new Neat Dog and this and that. And, um, it's just blowing up. And so I'm like, I was probably like 50% done with Malibu at that point. And now everybody's hitting my line. So now I'm like, all right, cool. I'm about to finish my fucking record now. And uh, now I, w- I want to work with Knife Wonder and Malibu, all these different, you know, high tech, all these, I got all this I- access now, you yeah, know, because yeah, he's yeah. the Dre's kid now. And I wasn't signed to Dre Granite uh, yeah. at this point. And now all the labels are coming, you know. But he like, loved you. Hey, what's up? Yeah, you know, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. He loved me, yeah. Yeah. And he told me, he's like, you know, I don't know what, what you got going on, but I would love for you to, you know, come over here to Aftermath. And I was like, no question, you know, you're the only one that, that took a chance on me. Yeah. So that was a no-brainer. But I had um, two, uh, one more album to go for, with this uh, independent contract that I had with uh, Steel Wool and um, with my own label yeah. and, and an art club. Yeah. So I had Malibu left to go, and so I finished it up. I got songs like Come Down and Hard uh, to Send a Chance and all these different the second half of the records um, came later because I was, you know, I had the access now. I, was, yeah. I had the juice. Yeah. And I finished it up and I put it out. And then I was on the, I've literally been on the road ever since. Yeah. That album came out and it was just like, everyone loved it. It and broke I, I never would have thought it would do the things that it did, man. And then it did like really good in the licensing world. So we didn't have any real per se radio hits, but then like people were snatching it up for Google and then like ESPN and all these movies. Like it became that album. Like, and that just is another part of the business to you. You don't have any problem with that. Nah, I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it, man. I Get it, it out there. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I love it, man. And it's... you did an Apple commercial mm-hmm, I did. with uh, what's her name? Uh, so FKA Twigs. That album, her album is wild. Yeah, she's a wild artist. I, it's like she's only got that one record out. Like, I got it a few years ago, yeah. and I saw the cover, and I'm like, her on the cover? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what's this? And I listened to it, and I'm like, like mystified. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's some left field shit. It, yeah. That's the shit I was listening to, you know, like, when we were doing all this stuff, you know? Yeah, so it's yeah. Like, they were saying my stuff was left, and I'm like, listen to this shit, you yeah, know? It's <laughs> real. It's beautiful. Yeah, dude. I got to pull that out again. I, I It was one that, because I used to get a lot of records sent to me from different labels, you know, because of the show, and I didn't know anything about anybody, but that's one of those times where I'm mm-hmm. looking at that cover, and I'm like, who's this? Mm-hmm. What's she up to? Absolutely, that artwork, man, that's it. It gets you, you in. You can tell if he's a douche right off the top with <laughs> yeah. the artwork. So so this record's with all you and Dre, yeah. and you got big, you got big people with you. This is the big major label debut album, you know? This is like, boom, we got How's the it budget. Doing? It's When's doing it? great, man. I mean, it it, 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 it was a landmark, uh, what is a milestone for me, you know, as far as like, if you want to talk about commercial success or whatever, like I, um, it, I, I charted, you know, it was like, you know, it, it, it hit, you know, top, you know, 20 or whatever on Billboard. It, it sold what it sold. Um, and I think uh, that the core fans that wanted Malibu 2 are probably a, a little upset about the album. I think- Why? Because uh, it's got more of an edge, you know. Because you no, know, I think it's just because maybe it wasn't what they were expecting. What you know, it's so much. And we took like two, almost three years for to come out with the next one. So you, you people build all these expectations up, and uh-huh. that 
that I don't know who's going to live up to it. Right. So they were there early and they, they had this early, relationship and, and with you and they understood A lot of people you. are eager to hate, you know, and, and they see that. Or be disappointed. To be disappointed. Yeah. yeah. He, he doesn't need any help, you know. Yeah, I yeah. think that was the consistency for so a lot of people. So they thought you got overproduced or sold out or whatever. Sounds forced. It's he's uh, shallow now. Uh, it's all about the money. I've always been shallow. Always talked about pussy. Always talked about money. Always talked about these different things. You guys just. <laughs> you, were, you were just a little more sad. Exactly. I, you guys could be happy for me. <laughs> I'm what happy. You be happy. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm happy not, times now, I'm guys. Not, I'm not melancholy and yeah. longing. Yeah, exactly. So that's what this <laughs> album was. I'm having a good time eating calamari. Yeah. You man. know? And, 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 and it's not. Nah, it's like, it's just. Talking it, about tinting your windows. Tinting with windows. Kendrick, I'm with in Kendrick. Kendrick. Yeah. My, my friend is Kendrick now. <laughs> Texting Dr. Dre. Like, this is my life now, guys. You gotta let it go. Yeah, and so it, no, it's just like embracing that, you know, like yeah. that whole deal. Like, how do you how do you make a, a record when you have everything now and you're traveling and and, and just embracing those am, ideas? Am I remembering right? Did Kendrick come out with you on Saturday Night Live? Right, right, right. Absolutely came out. Yeah, Man, what a stand up guy. Comes out. How'd you meet him? Uh, I met him. Uh, I guess somewhat through Dre. Uh, after Compton came out, he ended up. Uh, texting me from uh, you know I, yeah. mean, I didn't have the number and he, he said <laughs> like, hey, he sends Kendrick. me a text no uh, yeah, at the very end of the text it says that but he says you know it, it starts off the text starts off with life's a trip yeah I, I, w- I got uh, introduced to your music a long time ago but yeah. you were going under a different name and I saw one of your videos and it made me want to get more on top of my shit oh really and huh. it's so crazy to see how you were able to turn around and to see your journey sincerely yours Kendrick Lamar wow and it was just like ah oh, Shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then after that we just you know you've been you've been friends since because mm-hmm. he's like a totally unique voice. Absolutely, my girlfriend loves him. Man, yeah, those Sh- records are great, amazing, amazing. But artists. then like all but, but Snoop's in the in, Snoop, he, he, like Dre just called Snoop up and said, "Come play with this kid." How does that work? Hell nah, man. You know, shit, dude. I think me and Snoop. I'm trying to think when we first met. But Uncle Snoop, man, you know, he took a real liking to me, man. He's just off top. Nephew, I love you, man. Yeah. You, you, I got you, man. Whatever you need, man. <laughs> and, you know, and then he'd be hard to get a hold of after that. But, man, <laughs> I sent him that record and he was like, two minutes after I sent it to him, he, he's FaceTiming me. Yeah. From the gym. Which one? Like the one he's on? The yeah, one he's, that yeah. song, yeah. yeah. Nephew, you know I want to get on that. <laughs> I, I, come on, man. When we doing it? If you start writing it now. It, it, it'll go by faster so if you start writing it man you know so I start writing a verse and he come in and just laid it down right away you know what I'm saying it ain't nothing dude and he came in there and just ah oh, you gotta have something about yourself in this in this industry that's what yeah, he said yeah. you know it's gotta be some, you get something about yourself he's like a real zen dude he huh? is man can you think it's Dre, uh, Dre too to go through that, that like you said all those life yeah. times yeah. and still stay down to earth yeah and they are, huh? I'm, I'm, man, that is the most down-to-earth dude. One of the most down-to-earth dudes. And how does Q-Tip get involved? Q-Tip, you got to go to him. You got He's one of those cave masters. Since oh, really? You got to <laughs> go up the hill and travel up and go fight through the... <laughs> the jungle with the a jungle machete. jungle and finally... <laughs> I'm here. Here's the t- here's the tape, master. Is it good enough? No, it is trash. Come back again. Yeah, that was that that was that was master's uh, Q-tip. You know, I was uh, he 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 reached out to me to work on the last Tribe Called Quest album, and uh, the we, new one, the Resurrection. Yeah, the one that last one that came out. Yeah, 
And um, I went over to uh, Jersey and, and, and got over in his, his lab and we just right away, just like the connection was there. Yeah. You know, we just like got along, you know, real genuine relationships. And then, you know, we spend a lot of time just talking and, and, and listening to music. And, and yeah, of course, we made a bunch of records, but uh, it was more so just like picking his brain and what you think of this? And, you know, you know, just just chopping it up. Well, you're an open dude, you know, and you're not coming at him with the attitude. So, yeah. like, you know, and you you come at him with respect and your own specific talent. They must love it. Yeah, yeah. My, the old uh, dudes are a certain way, you know. Yeah, yeah. They don't have to work. You yeah. know, they don't have to do shit they don't want to do. They don't want to do anything that they don't want to do. So, when they get fired up about something, it's yeah. dope. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I like that cut to the sweet chick one. Who's that yeah, guy? You like that one? See, those are some of my Malibu fans are upset about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like too dirty. Yeah, I'm like, it's, yeah, I love that the, one, dude. The, that's the weird. It's not even a deal with the devil, but you got that loyalty that you build up initially because people think they found you. Yeah, yeah. And then holding on to them when you make a bigger jump, you know, they'll bitch at first, but you'll probably hold on to 75%. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it hurts, you know, as an artist when you see them like, oh, you know, like oh, you can't you're not the it. darling anymore. You can't. You can't, right? Yeah, no. Do you read the shit? No, I can't do it. I can't. I can barely do Twitter anymore. I, I don't. I'm barely on Twitter because like. The weird thing in the brain with, with your ego is that you see one fucking negative thing on yeah. any of a comic board, you know, Reddit, Twitter, Twitter, whatever. In your mind, immediately, it's like the whole internet hates you. Yeah. But it's just one asshole. It really, it even really if, is. Even if it's 20 assholes. Exactly. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. And a lot of times, it's the same 20 assholes. Yes. Making doing it... it over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it fucks your head up. And then when you really look at it, if you look at a comment board, it's like 12 people over and over wow. again. And you're like, what am I... That's Wait, so true. Well, I'm, I'm, my whole day's fucked up. Exactly. Because you think like, oh, these people don't like me. But go back and look. It's like, even if it's 30 people. Right. Exactly. It, you know, compare that to the number of records sold. Exactly. Like, what are you doing with your head? Exactly. You're fucking your own <laughs> self and throwing a wrench in your own shit. That's right. Yeah. And they got and you. And it throws you, off, throws you off of your confidence and that's shit. So uh, you can't read it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't have that shit on either. And it seems like your audience is pretty broad. Yeah. You got all all types of people. Just people with good taste. Yeah, that's it. That's I think it. that's that's I think that's, if anything that's how you narrow it down. Well, my my audience, I've seen all kinds. Like the nerds, the gangsters, the the nine to fives, the internet, the mm -hmm. whatever, the hype beast, the. I just listen to blues, but I like you for some reason, guys. <laughs> Me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm real talk, man. And that's that's what when I think about when I was coming up, like that's really what all I wanted was the respect, man. And and now your family's coming around. And now they're finally. I yeah. got something for my nieces and my brother in law to bump. Yeah. And your mom? My mom loves it. Yeah, yeah. yeah my mom loves. It. My mom loved Malibu. She loved Venice. You know, she loved a Yes Lord album. Um, my she's, mom lays it to me straight for sure. Oh, really? Yeah, I she'll tell I you. I wasn't feeling that. And why? <laughs> why did you say that? What did you say on this part? She's fact checking and everything. No shit. Well, no, you know that. You know, yeah, she's she's <laughs> on it, man. She's but she's got to be proud. Yeah, for sure, man. She's super happy and proud. Well, it was great talking to you, buddy. Man, that was went by quick. I, I loved it. Thank you. Great talk. Good dude. Uh, as I said, Anderson's uh, nominated for the Best Rap Performance at the Grammys this Sunday, February 10th, for his single, Bubbling. And the new record, Oxnard, is available and out now. You can get it wherever you get the music. I just, I, I plugged in the Telecaster through this Echoplex pedal and into the old Fender amp, and I realized exactly what the Echoplex pedal and the Telecaster and the old Fender amp, what sound exactly they were supposed to make. This is that sound.